0: truth you are now listening to the facts
1: What's going on everybody welcome back to straight facts a sports show that educates and entertains i am james jackson not joel schmidt we missed joel today she's not with us but i am joined by my main man jake galley and crunching numbers next to us not behind us we got stat matt so this past week in sports leo messi won his record-setting sixth ballon Dior for the men while megan rapido wins her first ballon Dior on the women's side and i keep telling you that leo messi is the best soccer player of all time and you yet you No yet I, you still refuse it. I guess I don't know. It's
2: He's the greatest ever. He's the
1: greatest ever. Mm-hmm. Nah, just gotta, gotta go on with it. Cole Hamill signs a one year, eighteen million dollar contract with the Braves, which should really hurt the feelings of all Phillies fans everywhere.
2: Especially
0: if they don't go out and get someone else besides the guy that you're about the to mention. The
1: next guy. The Phillies do sign do sign Zach Wheeler, former Mets pitcher, to a five year hundred eighteen million dollar contract overpaid for him.
2: That's a lot of money. That's you a think we overpaid pay for him? And I, I just seems like we're gonna go from eighty one to eighty four wins, which is to not me true.
1: that seems like that's gonna be the only move of the offseason. That, so that, that's not. what it tells so
0: me, and not. I hope that's giving... not the case. But Ooh, I don't know; they're, they're in on Strasbourg too, so we'll see.
1: We'll see. And Josh Donaldson—that's that's, that's uh, you know something to look forward to. Here comes a fact straight at you. According to FEI, a college football rating system based on opponent-adjusted possession efficiency, Utah is ranked 5th overall, ninth in offense and 5th in defense, while Oklahoma is ranked 8th overall, 3rd in offense and 70th in defense. No surprise there, they play in the Big 12. If both teams win their conference championship game, if Utah beats Oregon and Oklahoma beats Baylor, who is most likely to get into the college football playoff?
2: Oklahoma, but it's going to be unfair.
1: Off the bat, just like that? <laughs> no, no, it's because people,
2: people know who Lincoln Riley is. People know who Jalen Hurts is. Nobody can name a player on Utah's football but team.
1: But why, why are you going off of notoriety?
2: Because people... Oklahoma has a pedigree. Utah okay. doesn't. And... Team with pedigree get the benefit kind of the doubt. What conference out. is Utah playing? Pac-12. Oh, My okay.
1: only argument is the whole thing. Oh,
2: okay. My yeah, only I, argument. I, I, the Big I 12 mean, has never won a game in the college football playoff. they the, the only Pac- conference of the major five that has not won Pac- a game. Pac-12
1: has won a game in the college football playoff?
2: Oregon won. Oregon. They beat Florida State. Be, be your yeah, boy, right. they
0: beat they beat, your, they beat Jamis, man when
1: the ball like the third, flew the out of second the second year. Yeah, Oklahoma's
2: yeah. lost three times and got blown out twice. I
1: kind of forget that that Marcus Mariota team is part of like the Pac-12 because they were dominant. Like, so I don't want to give them. I don't want to put them in part of you know the mediocre <laughs> Pac-12. I want to put them above. But that's very true. Um,
0: well, but between Utah and Oklahoma, I mean, I would, ha- I in my opinion. Oklahoma is the better team that's going to make more noise. I mean, obviously Utah's played pretty well this year. I don't want to take anything away from them, but uh, you know the Big Twelve, I think, is a little bit more impressive than the Pac-12, despite the Pac-12 having how many teams do they have in the top twenty-five? Not three? three. Not yeah. that many, right? So
2: and I mean, Utah hasn't beaten a team in the top twenty-five, right? So if they beat Oregon, obviously we'll have that one.
0: I mean, I, I, it's tough for me. I've been, as you guys know, I've been on. Jalen Hurts this entire year I think that he's gonna be a really impressive NFL product but uh, he's you know they, they showed their grit against Baylor and I guess we'll see again coming up here if they can if they can beat Baylor but I I don't even know if it's gonna matter if both of them win I think Georgia deserves to be in the top four no matter what I do
2: right. if they lose to LSU Thank you. you. can't
1: lose at four and stay
2: in Yeah, yeah. You, you can't do that. They lost to South Carolina with a backup quarterback. Yeah,
1: Especially if we have a Utah team that goes in, a one-loss Utah team that goes in as a conference champion. You can't keep Georgia.
2: My problem with Oklahoma is they play too many close games. Like, they barely beat Iowa State. Uh, they barely beat TCU, who stinks. Texas is mediocre, and they played a close game with them. I know that's rivalry. Utah's blown out everybody except for... They've won uh, ten of their eleven wins are by three plus scores. Oklahoma only has seven of them,
1: mm-hmm. and we know that there's really three factors into where your ranking goes and if you make it to the top four: who you beat, how you win, and when you win, or and vice versa, who you lost to, how you lost, and when you lost. The fact that Utah has really yet to get into a close one, besides their one loss, then really speaks to them going in, and I think there is a case to be made for Utah. To go in. No, I don't like the Pac-12. Yes, I do believe that if Utah goes in, they will get smacked around by Ohio State in the first game, which probably Oklahoma or Baylor would too. But if you're if you're gonna go in as a Power Five conference, a team who's really commanded itself all season and it has in a, itself in a position in a major conference championship game with LSU or Georgia, one of them has to lose because they're playing each other. I think they legitimately have
2: to get. Look, LSU gets in no matter what, unless they like lose like fifty nine. You think, nothing. so? You
1: think even if LSU loses to Georgia, they they walk because they'd be
2: twelve and one. Uh, they would have beaten Florida. They beat Alabama. They beat Auburn. Pretty Texas. sure Texas. Even though Texas isn't good, but they were good when they beat them, so mm-hmm. people remember that.
0: LSU has been too good, in my opinion, this year. I know you say that it, it matters when you lose, and them losing in the conference championship to you would be an indictment. But for how good they've been, especially with Joe Burrow, probably the Heisman, we'll get to that in a little bit, the potential Heisman, they're not going to keep that team out of the college football playoff, barring like a, shocking, like a big-time loss to Georgia, which doesn't happen because Georgia isn't really that high-scoring, high-flying team.
1: I mean, you're right, and you know, there's, I'm going to try to put politics aside, which you can't because it's, it's the NCAA. It's politic-written. So they're not going to want to keep the Heisman Trophy winner out. But to me, it goes back to the four most deserving versus the four best getting in to the college football playoff. Because if we're talking four best, I'm taking probably 15 teams before I take Utah or Oregon to, to go into the college football. I just am. Like, I, I, in, in terms of... The schedules they have to play, the conferences, and the matchups you're going to get. I'm taking a lot of teams before I take Utah or Oregon. But we're talking about the four most deserving here. I think we should be talking about the four most uh, deserving. They
2: say it's the four best. It's a combination of the best and deserving. I'm
0: on collegefootballplayoff.com, and it says at the very top of the PDF... How to select the four best teams to compete for the college football there's national no, Championship. There's no
1: formula they're going to put out somewhere that someone Well,
0: not any anyway. weight. So I was curious because I do think it's, and I think purposefully so, they leave it very ambiguous of how they choose these teams. But the criteria they have down here uh, is championships one, strength of schedule, head-to-head competition if it occurred, and comparative outcomes of common opponents without incentivizing margin of victory. I uh, so I don't, translate
1: that for me then.
0: Yeah, I mean it's again, they they leave it obviously vague
2: and, and they don't want people running at the score just to run at the score. Like if you're up fourteen and okay. then you make it twenty eight in the last five minutes, they're gonna be like, Oh, but it's a fourteen point game for the rest of the game. So that's it's it's if you are up forty at during the third quarter, they're gonna say, Okay. Blowout, but if you run up the score, that's that's what they're talking about. It takes there. out garbage time points. Yeah, um, which it tries to. I just want to say a shout out to Baylor. If they beat Oklahoma, they would have beaten every team on their schedule because it's avenges their only loss, and that's they barely true. lost. That's very true. I mean, that's... but Baylor is one. I don't think they're gonna get in one because they're still kind of scandal scarred from the Al Bra- Art brile stuff, and they don't have the notoriety. So. Uh, and speaking of the scandal
0: stuff. Hell of a job by Matt rule. I think he's eventually probably going to get plucked out of there um, by an NFL team that, I mean, if he, we saw him possibly go to the jets and then they tried to give him, you know, pick his staff for him. And he said, no. So maybe it'd have to be a good situation, but like, Everywhere that guy's good turned around the temple program, comes to Baylor, goes through all the scandal stuff, loses recruits, and still is able to turn it around in a matter of years. He got Temple
2: ten wins in back to back years that, and then wow. turned around Baylor. To He's a that. really I know. good coach. And
1: with a five win season the year before he got there or something like that? Right. I
0: mean they were terrible. They were they were a god awful. I think program. Baylor
2: won one game last year. Um Who's that? Baylor. Baylor won one right. game last year. Right, yeah, they were really
0: year. bad last year. Um but just, right, I mean, look look at the difference that a year makes and a hell of a coach he is.
1: Yeah, we got to give Matt Rol, Matt a shine there. But earlier, so we just laid out the scenario in which we think Utah would get in. So on the inverse, so we see 10 of Utah's 11 wins are by 3+. plus. On that inverse, only 7 of Oklahoma's 11 wins are by 3-plus scores. So what's the scenario that Oklahoma gets in the college football playoff? They, if there is one.
2: They, if they beat Baylor by more than 10 they'll get in no matter what utah does if it's a close Hmm. game and utah wins convincingly utah will get in yeah i don't know if i can disagree with that i've been hating on utah but my low-key opinion though is that oregon beats utah and this won't matter
0: (laughs) yeah i don't that oregon team's so hard to judge they're up and down herbert was supposed to be like a dynamite quarterback and herbert still
1: really is a good quarterback
0: Uh, like so i'm not like the biggest i'm a college football observer follow it but like not necessarily a fan of any team and I thought personally I thought that Herbert made a big mistake going back to school and and I think we're going to see this year will hurt his and it's impossible to tell for sure but in my opinion it hurts his draft stock compared to if he would have just came out last year he probably would have been like second or third quarterback taken
1: right which I mean he still has a chance of being especially with the two injury he still has maybe a chance of being that to me the scenario I, I think Oklahoma's path isn't all that hard to get the college football playoff. You beat Baylor convincingly. Beat them how? You probably should have beat them the first time. Without, if you without look having the, the, the third comeback. and
2: fourth quarter, they could beat them convincingly. So exactly. they got in a giant hole in the first exactly. half.
1: Exactly. So you don't put yourself in that hole in the first half. You beat Baylor as you should beat Baylor. And as long as LSU k- takes care of business, um, you know against against Georgia. I mean, I think you're right. I think they're going to want to put Oklahoma in a Big Twelve. The Big Twelve winner a one-loss Big 12 winner over a one-loss Pac-12 winner. Because like people just, don't watch
2: the Pac-12 games are too late. <laughs> it, it, like, it hurts themselves. Like, I just don't
1: know what you, yeah. I don't know what you're going to say. To me, it's an inferior league. Maybe it's only because I don't watch them, but to me, it's an inferior league. Like Dude, it's an out, inferior out West, conference.
0: They just don't care as much about sports as they do in the East and especially with college football in the South. So, I think that plays against you. And when you, when you look at the politics of it, they want to put in the teams that are going to make them the most money. I, I you know you compare Oklahoma's football following to Utah's
2: and I don't think it's much <laughs> of a question yeah. the Utah, Utah Loki <laughs> has a really good history I knew you he was I knew he was gonna come and say something like that <laughs> no, no, I they, could see it on his they, face They, they, they had two undefeated like seasons last decade in 4 and 8 They beat Bama Nick Saban's Bama in the Sugar Bowl and went undefeated in 2008 Could have had a really good argument for a share of the national title that year um, and they, one of their curses is that BYU has a title, and they don't, despite the fact that BYU shouldn't have won it that year, and Utah's had more undefeated seasons, so it'll be another slight against Utah. They'll see it if they don't make the playoff after a win.
1: It's funny you mentioned Bama. We know that the, play, the college football playoff committee, and Paul Feinbaum himself, if he can help <laughs> it, will do anything possible to put Alabama in this playoff. Paint me. Is, is there a scenario that you could paint me that Alabama gets in?
2: Couple plane crashes. Oh my god! So <laughs> right. only oh, what? Jesus.
1: <laughs> so not if like if Georgia, Utah, this, this and This is Oklahoma what has to happen. To me, this is what has to happen. A house state has to lose to Wisconsin. Clemson has to lose to Virginia. LSU has to lose to Georgia, and Utah has to lose to Oregon, and Oklahoma has to lose to Baylor. If all that happens. Alabama gets in the playoffs.
2: They're, they're ranked well, though. Yeah, if all that's...
1: that, but Matt, we know that they're. If all that happens, they're gonna want to. They're gonna make Alabama jump a whole lot of teams above there. One, two of those teams above them will have lost in those conference championships. But you can't
2: games. put them ahead of LSU because LSU beat them. beat them and would have a better record: twelve and one versus ten and two. Like they it's not, you you and they beat them in Bama. I'm
1: telling you, if there's a way to do it. If there's a way to circumnavigate them in there, it's when they, they lose.
2: Except when Bama lost the last game the last of the regular of the season, season in 2017 that, and then won the team.
1: title. All I'm saying, Matt, literally, literally has it in the script right now. Bama is 12th and they have no, they have zero <laughs> chance. <laughs> it's such a shame though. Like
0: it's like the Tua injury is so sick because if he's there, they possibly beat LSU and then that shifts the entire thing on. I mean, it's obviously there's a ton of what ifs in all sports, but like. That's one that I really wish, like, man, if he could just have stayed healthy, we would have had a hell of a college football playoff, likely with LSU, Bama. I don't know how it would have sh- shaken out, actually. If, if, if Bama LSU beats Auburn,
2: able to it. they would have tried to sneak them in, but I don't think there's any excusable way they could well, get away with LSU it. Bama and LSU
1: are on the same side of the SEC, correct? Yeah. So they wouldn't have played in the SEC championship. Now, if they were
2: 11-1 and one with their only loss being to LSU in a really close game, you could make an argument I'm for it. Right. right.
1: But either way. All right, so we're going to try to move on. We're going to stay in college football, though, because there's an updated Heisman race. Like we, we have to talk about this Heisman Trophy race right now. Right now, Joe Burrow, the quarterback of LSU, leads the Heisman Trophy odds at a minus 1,350 chance to win the Heisman. Justin Fields comes in after him at plus 1,400. To me, that is very surprising how much of a favorite Joe Burrow is for the Heisman. You think that's you think those odds are right? Do you think the, like Joe Burrow should be that heads on favorite to win? Heisman? I think
2: he's definitely been better than Justin Fields, who's the closest competition for the Heisman because it's mostly a quarterback award now. It's all a quarterback award. Well, a couple of running backs have won oh,
1: it. Yeah, Derrick uh, Henry's the last <clears throat> running back to
2: win it yeah. from Alabama. Um, and he's he leads the NCAA in completion percentage, fourth in yards per attempt, second in touchdowns, second in yards, and second in passer rating. Uh, Fields hasn't beat on touchdown reception ratio because Fields only has one pick this entire year. And he's a better runner than Burrow. He has 10 rushing touchdowns, Fields. So if right. you make it 47 to 1, he has more touchdowns total than Burrow. But Burrow, Burrow's beaten teams that in games that people have watched more often. I think that's a that's big a good thing.
0: point. and actually, if you look at when when you look at their total touchdowns, uh bro has forty four passing touchdowns, three rushing fields, thirty seven passing ten rushing. so they actually end up having the same amount of touchdowns. but uh bro with five more interceptions than Justin fields, I, it's it's really tough. and I think that the point that you just made is likely the differentiator between who will win and who won't win. but if you're talking about the actual odds, um, you know they're way skewed in Burrow's favor. You have to bet about fourteen hundred dollars uh, on Joe Burrow to make one hundred dollars. So I I just don't know if that if those are the right odds to have right now, considering. All that Justin Fields has done. That that's my and, only point. And
1: that was my that was my point. Yes, I think Joe Burrow is the favorite to win the Heisman. Should he be that far away from Justin Fields to where it's so lopsided that it's it right now it's pretty much Joe Burrow? Like no. There's still a whole there's con- so a conference championship games to go and then a whole playoff after it which will feature both of them maybe in the national championship game we might see them head to head the
2: Heisman will be no the best quarterback in the country is going to win the national title and that's Trevor, Trevor Lawrence
1: okay that's not the question right now Matt. like stay on to- no,
2: no no they're not going to play in the title game is what you said stay
1: on stay on topic with me Matt okay we're not going to throw this back there's a reason why Trevor Lawrence and Clemson isn't on here I know you probably tried to put them on here at some point but they're not they're not on here right now but that, that's that's my point, is Justin Fields is, one, commanding, I mean, the second-best offense in the country, probably behind LSU, you know, behind Joe Burrow, and what he's doing. Third. God, <laughs> the second-best offense in America behind Joe Burrow and what he's doing at LSU. And also, it's the first year that Justin Fields is in there, which I think gets swept under the rug a little bit. That doesn't get talked about as much. Do,
0: I mean, and also, do, do you think maybe Dobbins' success in the run game and how that has propped up the offense possibly skews. I mean, obviously the numbers are there for. I mean, but J.K.
1: Dobbins, he was there last year
0: and the year before. That, like yeah, he his, was, he's been
1: there. Like yeah, that's, that's not the thing. This
0: year has been super
2: impressive. It has, if Georgia run. beats LSU, how fun is a Justin Fields versus Georgia like revenge game? Nah, yeah, that would awesome. be really fun. And they
0: whoop their ass too. Ohio State would. Oh, absolutely destroy them! Their ass, absolutely
1: yeah. destroy them! I don't think it's gonna happen. I don't think we're gonna get to that, but they would literally, absolutely, absolutely destroy them. I mean, they're. I've heard this argument too as well. Do you think the the odds are favorite in? You know, skewed towards Joe Burrow a little bit because he plays all of his games on ESPN. Justin Fields plays all of his games on Fox Sports One. You're more likely to tune into a college football game on ESPN, so you're going to see all of Joe Burrow's big wins. You saw Texas, you saw Florida, you saw Auburn, you saw Bama. With Justin Fields, I mean, it's on national TV. But if I'm, if you know, I'm I'm watching College Game Day, it's going to go right into ESPN. I'm not probably not going to Fox Sports One as much as I'm going to ESPN. Is I there just I personally
2: I watched a lot more Joe Burrow than Justin Fields. A-
1: like same, the absolutely. only really
2: full Justin Fields game I watched was I watched a lot of the Penn State game and a lot of the Michigan game. And well, that's really well, it. Well
1: those are the big games. I'm not I'm not tuning in to watch Ohio State Rutgers. Ohio but State I, Indiana. I was watching
2: Joe Burrow light up Texas A and M. There's no way I'd watched like Justin Fields light up Rutgers, right? Like, <laughs> Which he did. I'm not. He
1: put up 53 points against Maryland. I watch it, but I but I watch Joe Burrow put up 40 something against Mr. or Texas a And M. And
0: do you think possibly it has something to do with at one point Chase Young being eight to one on his same team? Mm-hmm. Obviously, different side of the ball, but he was eight to one. Like right now, uh Justin Fields is 14 to one. At one point, Chase Young had better odds than he did right
1: now. So if like, Chase Young doesn't get suspended, he still has better odds than him. Right. Probably. So like that's
2: it's an offense versus defense argument, and Burrow has a much less chance of the Heisman because it's much harder to compare offense versus defense.
1: Right. And I think that if you know Chase Young was still there, if Chase Young didn't get you know suspended and they, his odds kind of dropped off the table after that, it's already damn near impossible to win it as a defensive player if you miss two games. They're not going to give it to you. Hasn't
2: happened since Charles, Wood- Charles Woodson. Charles Woodson.
1: So I think that had a lot to do with it, too. I also think, kind of a, a little bit off the path of what we're talking about, I also think that if it wasn't so taboo to give a defensive player the Heisman, Chase Young would get the Heisman this year. If it's truly, like, the best player in college football and not, you know, who has who's going to put up the most stats? You're going to notice a quarterback stats way more than you're going to notice a defensive end stats. There's uh, mu- there's much more to to put on the stat sheet. If it wasn't so taboo, Chase Young would be taking home the Heisman this if
0: year. If Chase Young does not win it this year, which he's probably not going to, there will there should never be a year where you give it to a defensive player. Then, or maybe not. Sure, but there will never be a year when you give it to defense a defensive player when he has 16 and a half sacks and seven forced fumbles in 10 games. Yeah, like, insane. what type of sense does that shit make? <laughs> and he's the third defensive end to come out of there that's, like, a hyper-super beast between the Bosa brothers, brothers and him. Them. Like, what the hell's going on? What are they feeding them down, up there? They, they, they do something I crazy actually, over there at the I, I, I was reading, they they teach them martial arts. Like, so like Hand, how, hand-to-hand right, Hand-to-hand, how, when, they, when people have your hands on you, how to get them off. And uh, I think that's a big part in the continued success. It also helps when you have the top talent. But, you know.
1: So, we're all in agreement Joe Burrow is probably going to win the Joe Heisman. Burrow. Yep. Yeah. All yeah. right. All right. So then we're going to move completely on from college football and go to the to the NBA. Actually been a lot of stirring up in the NBA lately and we have to talk about the triple-double machine that is becoming Luka Doncic. But there's there's an interesting narrative. So listen to this. In Russell Westbrook's MVP season, he averaged 31 points, 10 assists, 10 rebounds on 55% true shooting. Currently, Luka Doncic is averaging 30 points, 10 assists, 9 rebounds on 62% true shooting. A little bit better. During Westbrook's MVP season, he was criticized for stat padding, for chasing these triple-double stats, while Luka Doncic has kind of avoided this criticism, right? So why has Doncic been held held to a lower standard when it comes to stat chasing than Russell Westbrook? First of all, I just want to say NMPG, not my point card.
0: Luka's... MPG, I take Luca as my point guard. Uh, he's not
2: really a point guard. Well, he's listed. <laughs> I, he is, I, I, is I, a yeah. point guard. He's no. more
0: of like a two or maybe even like a three sometimes, but he's actually listed here on Basketball Reference as a point guard. Uh, I guess like, if
2: I call Ben Simmons a point guard, I gotta call Luka yeah, one. Yeah, right.
0: But I, I think the main part of it is partially the age. I mean, Luca's twenty years old and doing this, uh, which is just really insane. It's it's not it's unfathomable. Like the fact that he is second year in the league. Arguably a top three, not arguably a top three MVP candidate uh, is part of the reason, and I think the efficiency numbers is the other part of it. I mean, he's way more efficient than Russell Westbrook is, even if he is the guy who's running pussy ass Porzingis. Hey, give me that rebound! You know, he had 18 again uh, last night against. I'm not sure, maybe Washington. I'm not sure who they played. Pelicans, maybe at 18 rebounds. Pelicans Luka Doncic, last night. so. You know, th- those are the two things that play into it for me. And he's a more likable guy. Russell Westbrook's an asshole to the media.
2: It's what he gets. It's a lot of the young factor. Mm-hmm. We loved Russell Westbrook in his second and third year in the league because he was new and exciting. My point exactly. And going flamboyantly, just athletic nut job, how fast he was. Uh, I also just want to say Westbrook's a better defender than in his MVP years Is a better defender than Doncic is now. Um, that's Luca's only deficiency. Um, and but Luca is definitely stat padding, but. We, but I don't mind stat padding as long as it doesn't hurt the team. Yeah, everyone who goes good. for a triple double stat pads. Everyone who goes happens.
1: for a triple double stat pads, yes. And but if I don't you think have...
2: for a triple double, which Luca is almost doing, you're stat padding.
1: I, I do think that Luca is falling in love with getting a triple double more than he's falling in love with winning, which I think that's where that is where we criticized Westbrook. I don't think anyone criticized him for averaging a triple double. Why who the hell would criticize somebody for averaging a triple double? It's something that is not done in the NBA damn near ever. But when you're when that's your goal, you know, when, when you're when you're chasing just those numbers and you're more worried about getting a triple double than you are winning a basketball game, that's where it's detrimental. And that's that's the only thing I don't want to see of Luca. Now, most of the time when he gets triple doubles, they win. So if it aids to a W, I'm cool with that. But if I see a smile on your face after you're down, if you lose by 10 points because you got 30, 10, and 10, that's not cool. That's not okay. You
2: also have to remember the context of Westbrook's first triple-double season. It's a year after KD left, and people were so like rooting for the Thunder because they're upset that KD left and went to their biggest adversary in the West. And it wasn't until like they got waxed by the Rockets in the playoffs. And then the next year, he did the same thing with much worse efficiency, and the team didn't get better at all, despite adding uh, Carmelo and Paul George. That's when the criticism really hit. So it, we'll see if, Don, say, the Mavericks flame out in the playoffs, and then the Mavericks also like have a disappointing year next year, Dodgers doing the same thing, that's when the criticism will come.
1: Right. And... Yeah, it's, it's, there's still a lot to be desired. There's still a lot to see with Luka. Luka is firing out the gates with it, and I think we've seen Russ calm down from a little bit, and we're probably going to have to see Luka Doncic calm down a little bit too. He'll probably roll back of it. But I, I've been hearing this narrative a lot that, you know, when Russ did it, no one made a peep. When Russ did it, like, you know, you know, no one was happy. When Russ did it, no one gave him praise. When Luka does it for 10 games, now we think he's the best thing of all time. One, the man is 20, okay? I've never seen any twenty-year-old, twenty-year-old do that. Not even LeBron James do what Luca is doing right now. Two, who the hell was quiet when Russ was doing it? Right, who? they gave him an they MVP him... he
2: didn't deserve. What?
1: Who was quiet? They, yeah. they called him a top 10 point guard. Right.
2: Who was that, quiet? That year he deserved, he didn't deserve the MVP, he deserved to be top three MVP. See, yeah. Who, right, he deserved to be they top They gave three, him a Hall of Fame badge off that. Who was quiet? Everyone makes a Hall of Fame in the MVP. to be yeah. <laughs> Mitch Richmond's in the Hall of Fame. Yeah. Right.
1: I, I do think they should go through and comb people, you know, it's really harsh, but you should get plucked out of it. of <laughs> the Hall of Fame. Hey, when the bargain's uh... raised, the bargain's raised, look, the bargain's raised. <laughs> Well, You're was,
0: uh We're gonna need your or their era uh, jacket. Make
1: make the Hall of Fame era based. You're in the Hall of Fame from '80 80 to '88. <laughs> That's why. But go ahead.
0: But I, I was just saying that it would be a pretty funny concept. Like, hey, uh, here's your bust. So we had to take it out to make room for Luka Doncic. I'm sorry.
1: Really? <laughs> Truly? I mean, there are some, look. We can go down that whole list of a bunch of people. Their numbers right now, or their numbers back then. If you put them right now, they're a great second and third option yeah they're cool they're cool to
0: have Uh, i mean i will say that i wonder obviously we didn't get to see him in the playoffs last year but i wonder if he hits like a physical like wall drop off where come playoff time his body is just tired as hell because he's not the most athletic guy he's not ripped or anything um And we saw it with Harden, where Harden has to carry this load every night. He's doing everything for his team, and and eventually that catches up with you unless you are in the .001 percentile of athlete, if you're LeBron James, James, putting a mill or two into your body every year Mm -hmm. to to keep it right. So that, that to me, is the biggest entry going forward for this year.
1: And I I think, you know— People in the media, we're part of it. We love to jump the gun. Of course, that's it's fun that way. Why would we not jump the gun and make outlandish takes? Shit's fun that way. So we have yet to see Luka do this for a whole season. We have yet to see Luka do this for 25 games. And we have yet to see Luka try to carry this kind of workload and effort into the playoffs and have it be a huge detriment to his team. That's where Russell Westbrook got his criticism. When he was doing it in the regular season, we were like, bro, this shit, it's awesome. I'll watch this all day, every day. When you're getting bounced in the first and second round while doing it, when you're taking shots away from Paul George and Carmelo Anthony, and you're taking rebounds away from Stephen Adams in the playoffs, and now you're losing to the Blazers, like that's that's where it gets that's where it gets bad. If Luca continues that path, that trajectory, I I 100 expect to see. That level of criticism that Russell Westbrook have get thrown on a 20-year-old Luka Doncic.
0: Also, I think it's really intriguing when you start to look forward with this team and project forward. Obviously, they have KP, who's been a little underwhelming there, and some role players around them. But you look forward to the 2021 free agency class— there are going to be some guys who want to play with Luka Doncic. Yeah. Can you imagine if they get like someone like Giannis? Is that like the best team? That has to be the best team in the NBA at that point. I don't care. I don't care who's on what other team you put Luka that's like KP and Giannis.
1: Like, do? <laughs>
0: what do you do? What do you do against? What do you do against that sort of
1: team? And I ran in my mind the reasons why it wouldn't work just now, like trying to say like no they— that team wouldn't be good because, and the because was blank. <laughs> like, if, if you put Giannis, Luca, and KP on the same team, you can roll out two Jared Dudleys in the starting five. Right. They probably Plus won a 65 games. Plus Rick the coach. Yeah, you probably won in 65 games.
2: The one deficiency is three points you didn't put. That, but I mean, Luca yeah. can Giannis, shoot, that, and Giannis is, is coming right along, man.
1: And KP can shoot from the from that's the line. That's all he does. I've him on
0: fantasy. I know no one cares about fantasy. He's <laughs> killing my fantasy basketball team. Get some rebounds, Chris
1: Stops. <laughs> that's funny. That's funny. But so we talk about Luca. We talk about the young stars in the NBA and Giannis too. Our our father father in prime, LeBron James, is not going to be there forever. Okay, so we're going to have to look for a new face in the NBA. Pretty soon, fuck tear. But pretty soon, we're gonna have to look for that. So right now, Luka Doncic is on pace to be the youngest player in NBA history to average thirty points per game in a season, and Giannis Antetokounmpo, you see how I did that first try, is on pace to have the highest single season PR in NBA history, which would beat Wilt Chamberman, Walt Chamberlain's single season PR of what thirty one point eight,
0: I believe so, something, yeah,
1: something like that, which is insane. So which one of these, or who, who in the NBA right now? do you think is the face of the league when LeBron leaves?
2: I just want to say it's cool that it's going to be an international player, most likely. Mm -hmm. An international player has never been the face of the NBA, even when Hakeem was there, Jordan was there, even when... That's a good point. Yeah, it's it's really... Tim Duncan's U.S. Virgin Islands, but it's still U.S., and Kobe was a bigger name. So it's going to be cool that an actual international player uh, is going to to be... And Dirk gets a lot of credit for this. But Mm -hmm. going into it, it's going to be Giannis. Because Giannis is the more what-the-fuck kind of player. Like, you watch him play, you're <laughs> like, this is, this, is not, this is not possible. Like, it this is, he's not, like, this shouldn't be allowed. Mm-hmm. Like <laughs> The move he did to Julius Randle the other night
0: where, like, he takes him from the three-point line. Oh, little
1: boy Julius.
0: Pushes him underneath the rim, and then his heels are on the restricted, like, circle. And he just, like, pivots and, like, dunks it so fucking hard. It's like how I dunk... On my nerf hoop on my door except it's a 10-foot hoop and he's about like seven feet away from that hoop and he just reaches his arm out he is the most free and it's fitting he's the Greek freak he's the most freakish player I've seen in the NBA
2: since Shaquille O'Neal I'll never forget I saw him get the ball at half court dribble twice and then dunk
1: I saw him dribble once (laughs) I saw him legit get the ball take a gather step which you're allowed Dribble, take the two longest strides I've ever seen in my life from the free from the three point line and dunk the ball with ease. I saw it. One dribble from half court. If I were to take the ball right now on a fast break and get the ball at half court, how many dribbles do you think you're taking? Seven. I'm taking at least seven
2: of I'm taking at least seven of the bitches
1: And then probably I'm probably gonna walk too. So I'm gonna need a couple more dribbles, I'm gonna pick it up. Like to do that is insane. Um, and I think Giannis has a great, a great chance of being the next face of the NBA because of that hard work ethic that he embodies. One, the old school NBA loves hard work and loyalty. And Giannis embodies that. I, I think he'll do whatever it takes, whatever he can to stay with the Milwaukee Bucks. Even if it means not going to the best option to win a ring, I think he'd want to stay with the Milwaukee Bucks through anything. Two, just that, you know, that not boisterous person so the NBA will you know, kind of adopt him as that because he won't say anything controversial. He won't put them in any hot water and won't put the shield at Jeopardy. And two, it's just Giannis is all about business. Like Giannis doesn't want to do anything if it doesn't aid him to get better at basketball or doesn't aid his team to go win a championship. Like they were talking about, like he was almost, he almost didn't do commercials because he was like, why would I do commercials when I could be training? You know, they they talked about like pregame dances. They talk about all the stuff that makes like the new niche NBA, the new NBA. And he was like, "I'm not with any of that. I'm with going, showing up to the gym four hours before the game, lacing them up, and beating who's in front of me." Like, it's I'm also not, I'm not about it's also games.
2: a much different international story because Luca was the EuroLeague MVP when he was drafted. Giannis was like this. Raw kid from Greece with grainy footage that you took a chance on, which is America loves underdogs. Two years
1: before he got to the NBA, was literally living on the street, which is crazy.
0: He has a really great story, and that's a lot of the guys who are coming over now. um, Whether it's Embiid, whether it's Siakam, whether it's um, whoever, whoever it may be, Dance, It's like they all have a unique story from uh, European basketball. But
1: I do have I have one person that I think could end up taking over the league for. A different reason, but kind of in the same avenue. And if Trey Young keeps up the way he plays, Trey Young has a huge chance to be the next NBA star. One, I think bringing politics into it, I think the NBA is going to want their face to be American-born. Like, they, they love the global game. They want it to expand. But when it comes to who represents our league, who represents our shield, I think they're always going to want it to be an American-born player. Whether that's good or bad or not is up to the NBA's discretion. But two, he's in that same kind of avenue as like Steph Curry is, where he, like you you don't look like Luka Doncic, you don't look like Giannis Antetokounmpo, and you never will. You look like Trey, like Trey Young doesn't look We're much different for me. An average right.
2: dude. We're leaving like, out an obvious answer though, and it's Zion. Yeah,
1: that, that's Zion. that's
2: true. Well, I, that's true. But I've it, seen Zion is it? play.
1: Right, um, I haven't seen Zion
0: play. He's, he's, he's now going to be back, like, he's going to miss, like, 10 weeks. Yeah,
1: like, he's going to
2: be, like, January. Well, I, I, I know weeks. the injury issues, but if he's healthy, you he got better ratings at Duke than, like, NBA games that were on at the same night on TNT. Big It's, big it's, ones it's too. nuts big, big how NBA big of a draw games. he is.
0: Well, uh, He's big, all right. Uh, <laughs> I've seen the picture. Like, it's not going to fly him being a 290-pound slasher. Like, you can be a big fatty if you're a
1: center. Uh, Jake, but if he can jump as high as he did and move as fast as he... He can be 900 pounds. He's going to break okay. down. Like it, okay. it, You can't be that heavy and he be is, that explosive. It, it, like, literally, genetics and history has shown if you're that big and move that fast... Something's going to go wrong. At reason, 30 years
2: old, your knees go. Like, that's just how it is. Barkley was similar, but he played in an era where the pace was a lot slower Barkley than Barkley was is skinny, now. though. Barkley got big towards the end of his career. He was big early in his career, and then he, he was still... Big for a great athlete, mm-hmm. but he wasn't Zion big,
1: right? And he wasn't Zion athletic. Like right. that, yeah. that's taking he was, everything two notches above.
0: He wasn't as explosive, but he was quicker. Like Chuck was for like Chuck was like six foot five, six foot six, playing power the forward, in leading the league in rebounding. Like, it actually any sense. It,
1: it annoys me that like kids now, like kids growing up, see Goofy Chuck Barkley on TV who doesn't say anything that makes sense. And Smacking
0: Shaq in the head with eggs. That was
1: funny. But, <laughs> but I mean, he says a lot of stuff that I'm like, a, a a sports broadcaster shouldn't be allowed to say that. He's like saying, like calling people out, saying, your mama to, to, to fans who are tweeting. Calling out
2: and, San Antonio women. Yeah, like, yeah. come
1: on. Saying to a female reporter, like, if you weren't a woman, I'd hit you. Like, he does a lot of stuff that, like, you shouldn't get away with. And they see that. But, like, watch footage of Charles Barkley. There's that one point where Charles Barkley was probably the most dominant player in the NBA. And like, as a rookie or second year player, he did like win Mans the MVP was,
2: one year, I yeah, think. Yeah.
1: Man, yeah, he did win MVP one year. Mans was dominant. I wish they got he to see led that. the
2: dream team in points per game. The dream team, he, <laughs> led, the, he led the team in <laughs> scoring. It's the same
1: team we're talking about what Magic, Mike, Bird, uh,
2: Jordan. Yeah, you Ian, said Mike, yeah, uh,
1: Patrick Ewing. Like, we're talking about David Robinson. He let them all, he let them all. So, that but to get back to my original point, Trey Young looks you know, we look like we could do what Trey Young does, he doesn't dunk over people, He shoot. you can learn how to shoot. You learn how to shoot from far away. Um, he doesn't. He's not like the biggest. He's not the strongest. But man's goes out there and balls. And I think the same people that wanted Steph Curry to be the new face of the league are going to want Trey Young to be the new face of the league. He's got a huge shot to do it. But what well, I digress. We'll move on.
2: Atlanta is a perfect city for Trey Young too.
1: It is a great city for Trey Young, and he's in, he's, embraced, he's embraced by. it. All right, guys, speak some facts to me.
0: I oh, think it's funny, dude. Head
1: coach Doug Peters- <laughs> Philadelphia head coach Doug Peters has said after the embarrassing loss of the Miami Dolphins, this is a really good football
2: team.
0: I mean, they're better than the record. That's what I think he meant by it. No, no, it, but-
2: I, there's a defense. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm going to I'm gonna claw, oh, my- grasp at straws here and try to defend my coach. The Miami Dolphins are
1: Go
2: ahead. Okay, I'm going to grasp the straws here. That's the first time Doug Peterson has seen a receiver play well since, like, last year in Devontae Parker. That's your defense? He had never seen. He forgot that a receiver can catch balls in traffic. That's
1: your defense? he was like,
2: wow, they must be good. They must be really good?
1: Wow. Go ahead and try to defend him, Jake. You didn't answer. Is he speaking? You're saying he's speaking facts on that. That's your basis uh, for
2: He's not, but I'm trying to defend him because I love him. Go ahead. Kristen.
1: No, 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 no. Give me your best shot.
2: I was at the game. I was
0: in Miami. My family went down to Miami for Thanksgiving. I was at the game. This is the biggest embarrassment <laughs> I've ever seen as an Eagles fan and he called him a good team. in my entire life. Oh. There is no reason that the Eagles... They haven't had a good year. There's no reason the Eagles should be losing to the Miami... I've been the last three Eagles games. They lost all of them! What the fuck? What the hell? What happened to this team? Where did the... You want to pay all your guys, Malcolm? Oh, you want a new contract? Guess what, Malcolm? You got to show up against the Miami Dolphins. You can't let them score five times on five straight drives. And then the idiots in Philadelphia blame it on Carson Wentz. Like,
2: I... I don't understand how we held two Hall of Fame quarterbacks back to back to thirty-four points combined you and then let Fitz go thirty-seven. Fitz we, always Magic, get, we always get we always get Fitzmatch. He's,
0: He's the bane of the Eagles, man. He yeah. fu- he takes terrible teams and destroys the Eagles.
1: But he'll have like this just one game. Oh no, this will
0: be the only one, it's right? The only yeah. one,
1: correct. The only one. He had that defense looking shaky, baby. I don't even know
0: shaky shaky's the word, like <laughs> vomit <laughs> inducing. <laughs>
1: All right, I digress. I have my fun. We'll move on. Jimmy Butler said on playing point guard, give me a point guard I can't guard. Give me a point guard that can guard me. We don't. We really don't want to go down that road. Is Jimmy Butler point? Oh, he
0: doesn't guys? really want to go down the road? I seem to remember a time when Kemba. Kemba Walker busted his ass up and down the court and dropped 60 on him. Okay? So, I, I mean, Jimmy talks a big game. This is part of who he is, and he's a confident guy. But, like... He literally said at the end, of, oh, Kemba, man, he gave me that work. He dropped 60 on me. Like, yeah, he's delusional.
2: He's delusional. <laughs> he thinks he's a top five player when he's top 25 is the problem with Jimmy Butler. He he, he can play point guard well. He, he backed up Ben Simmons. When Simmons was out, he played the point guard for us in the playoffs. Um, but he's, again, overstating how good he is, and he's on a Miami team that's just going to get bounced in at best the second round.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think he's forgetting a lot of, like, point guard is the best position in the league right now, and I can rattle off five or six off the top of my head that probably would cook him in a seven-game series. Snap you off, bro. Like, snap you off. Like, Dame Lillard is breaking (laughs) you off one. Like, (laughs) breaking you off one in the playoffs. So, No, I don't agree. Jimmy Butler, you're not speaking facts. You're my guy, Jimmy Buckets, but but we got cold on that one. Moving on, Deion Sanders said about the Patriots' Super Bowl chances... It's not going to happen unless they make some adjustments out wide, as in making a change at wide receiver. It's primetime speaking facts.
2: I never write off the Patriots. It's, it's, it's the dumbest thing people have done. And I do think people, it's overstated because the Patriots like to make themselves an underdog when they really never are. Um, but I, I they're definitely not the favorite anymore, but they obviously can still win. Just an interesting tidbit. Uh, the Patriots only have one playoff loss and they're in the entire Bellatrix Brady uh, era against when they play a team in the playoffs that they haven't played in the regular season and When they but and then when they rematch a team they lose way more often really? and so they're gonna the Chiefs They play in the regular season that and the Ravens have played and the Texans they've played those are the three biggest foes in the AFC I just want to shout out the one team that beat him in the playoffs that didn't play him in the regular in 2017 Eagles.
0: Damn right. Is
2: she that only,
1: all you have to say she, about she, the, about him the 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 hanging on to you, well, you comment on well, time, the Patriots. The, the, well, right, yeah. with Dion said. Time out, my thirty, because that was a real roundabout way to just plug the Super Bowl, <laughs> Super Bowl champion Eagles. Yeah, like that, gonna, up, that, that Like that, that, had, that had that had me through be before. I was like, where the fuck is he going with this? And then just to plug the Super Bowl thing. Do you feel better? you feel do. better about that? I do. I'm glad you feel better
0: about I, that. I, I think that he's correct because when you look, and it was very apparent against the Texans where he's slamming the helmet down and it's, you know, one of like four games where he's come and just been absolutely pissed off. And, you know, Tom, I, I think Tom has a way of getting what he wants. He beat out Jimmy G to stay with the Patriots, got Jimmy G expedited. And if uh, if he wants Antonio Brown back, they're going to get Antonio Brown back. And if that, they think that that gives them a shot at winning the Super Bowl or a better shot at winning the Super Bowl, that's what they're going to do.
1: And it does. Yeah. And it does. Look, AB is all, I, I think AB has already taken the steps to get back on. He's publicly apologized. to. AB hasn't publicly apologized to a soul in his life. And he apologized twice to the Patriots on Twitter. He played one game with them, was there for a week and a half and said he's grateful, all glory to the Patriots, best organization ever. He barely took a sip of Kool-Aid in New England and is praising them. So I think he's taking the steps. I wouldn't be surprised if we see the change that primetime is talking about. There's only one major change in wideout. I just wanted to to
2: make clear, he's not speaking fast because they can win with dog shit wide receivers because it's Belichick.
1: I've seen it. All right, last one. Shannon Sharp had an interesting take on Kyrie Irving. He said, if you truly believe basketball is an art form and not entertainment, just leave. Go to Rucker Park and play for the love there. The art form is is you, the entertainer, and how you play. Basketball is just the canvas in which the art is painted on. This comes after Kyrie Irving had a very long Instagram post, after he got booed for not returning to Boston with the Brooklyn Nets and had a whole you know, rant on Instagram saying basketball is art. This is Shannon Sharp kind of shooting that down and Shannon speaking facts.
0: Yeah, I I think that he is. I think Kyrie Irving, once again, is uh, in his feelings and, you know, he's very up and down with with his emotional state and maybe that, uh, you know, I I know people love to throw the mental illness card, but Kyrie legitimately, maybe he's just temperamental, um, but like his mood swings and how he feels changes by the day. Uh, and, and, And to me, that's just a part, of sports like those fans spent their hard-earned money to go and they have every right to boo you that's the closest that they're going to get to impacting the game and it's totally within their right it's a part of sports and Kyrie needs to get over
2: it I think I think yeah Shannon speaking facts I just think Kyrie is just he's been sad the past couple years he got away from LeBron because he was frustrated with not getting enough credit and then he goes then he leaves the Cavs goes to the Celtics and then he gets injured, and the Celtics go on a great playoff run, only to barely lose to LeBron, proving that they could both do it without him. And then he plays another year with the Celtics, and they do worse than they did with it, without him. it's
1: too hard to lead an actual <clears throat> yeah. team. Calls and LeBron then, and apologize. I'll never forget that part. Calls LeBron and says, I'm sorry, it's harder than I thought And it now
2: was. he has to spend a year hoping KD's Achilles recovers before he can actually get back to where he was before he personally threw it away by... Leaving LeBron,
0: and they're better without him. Grant, I don't know how much of that is is based on who they've played, but Spencer Dinwiddie has the Nets playing really well right now. Kyrie dropped
1: forty back to back nights, and they lost both games. I've 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 seen it happen. Shannon's getting a little deep here, but I do think that he's speaking facts. He's saying that look, like the art, the picture, and and what you paint is up to you as the basketball player. What you do on the court, basketball is just the channel on which we watch you so basketball in itself isn't an art form you the artist is you know paint your own art on the court and if Pablo Picasso painted a painting that people didn't like and he put it up in the museum guess what people are going to tell him they don't like that painting Kyrie if you're doing something on the basketball court or off the basketball court that people don't like you're going to get scrutinized it comes with making 80 million dollars like you're going to you're going to get scrutinized you're I think you're right Matt like toughen up dog like what do you think was gonna happen when you went back to Boston and elected to not bro, go with the Boston. team you pussy like what do you think's gonna happen They're, oh that's okay God It makes me. it worse yeah bro like you can't face the noise go face the noise you made the decision own it like a grown man anyway, we're gonna move on to countdown. Number five.
0: The amount of times Platinum Jay-Z's Volume 2 Hard Knock Life went, and uh, we put this in here because it's Jay-Z's birthday, is that correct? Yeah, shout out to the GOAT. And he put Play all of his music on Spotify, which mm-hmm. is also a blessing off to go listen to that, that on the way home. That
1: is. Get it while you can, because he's going <laughs> to pop out his chicken sandwich our asses and pull it off Spotify real quick and make everyone go to title as soon as they fall back in love with his music. But shout out to Ho, best rapper of all time? Mm,
2: yeah, sure, why not? It's his birthday. He's in the Mount Rushmore. Okay. not always. not always playing the He's not. The, he's not the best. Who's the best? It's tough. The music is
1: subjective. It's Hove, subjective. Hov is the best to me. Biggie's a close second. Wayne's third. That's how I go. My top five. I could put my top five on her. Hov, Biggie, Wayne, Eminem, Kendrick. I used to be Nas, but Kendrick is taking over that role. That's fair.
2: I like Nas more than Jay-Z. I like Kendrick more than Jay-Z. I like... Up till 2010, Kanye more than the Jay-Z, and then Jay-Z.
0: Like, is Kanye you a rapper? Ho-
1: you just put Hogue. Kanye's not a rapper
0: to
2: me. See, that's the thing is that, like,
1: Kanye's an artist. he's hip-hop artist,
2: whatever Him and Drake you call are it. in the
1: same lane. Artist.
2: Drake's more, less rapper than Kanye is. That's true. That's true. All right, moving on. Number four. The number of division heavyweight titles Andy Ruiz, Andy Ruiz Jr. has after upsetting Anthony Joshua in their last fight back in June. Can he do it again? Uh Team Fat Boy. The Tubster lost
0: some weight though, I think. It's that oh, did he drop it? I think he dropped a bunch of weight, which generally, not always, but a lot of times that will cause you to lose some power. Um I, I don't know. Anthony Joshua is gonna come back hungry as hell. And uh I don't know. When he's at his at the top of his game, he's the best heavyweight in the world, in my opinion, one of two.
2: I'm not a I don't watch a lot of boxing. There's one of Anthony Joshua. He won a gold medal in boxing. Mm-hmm. Yes. He lo- And then he lost the heavyweight championship to a guy that became a meme for how out of shape he looked. Mm-hmm. And he's had to hear about that, and he's had that to drive him. I think he's going to win.
1: I think Anthony Joshua has an end game. His end game is not to get to Andy Ruiz Jr. It's to get to Deontay Wilder. He knows... Or
0: Fury, whoever wins that whoever next fight. Whoever
1: wins that. He wants to be the heavyweight champion of the world. To get that, you have to beat Andy Ruiz and then beat the winner of the rematch of Tyson Fury and Deontay Wilder. So
0: who's the linear champ? So that's, like, the linear is, like, the man who beat the man who beat the man who beat the man. It's, like, I think whoever it's, beat Klitschko, which I think is him, so then Ruiz. It's so still, it'd still be him if he won, I it think.
1: It would be him, I but, I mean... The whole other story. I mean, Deontay Wilder wants a unification bout with Tyson Fury, which means he would hold all of them right. instead of just getting it in one. Um, in one organization, he wants all the belts to be in one. So if he wins that, and then Anthony Joshua wins him and grabs all that, Anthony Joshua will be undisputed, the heavyweight champion. Gotcha. The right now, it's shared between uh, Tyson Fury and Deontay Wilder. But moving on, number three.
0: The number of players on pace to break Wilt's PER record of 31.8 for an entire season. That is Luka, Harden, and Giannis, all the guys that we've been talking about. And I, I don't know, that that kind of, does that seem that, like something's wrong in the NBA? Like, all of a sudden, the like, three guys error? in to like, <laughs> like, yeah, like, what, like what's It'll going on here? It'll even
2: out. Like, Harden's averaging, like, 18 free throw attempts per game per 100 possessions when his cr- previous career is, like, 14. Like, it's going to even out. Mm-hmm. Hard, I, I As much as sure I want Harden to average 40, he's going to average like 37. To me, it's going to go down.
1: To me, you know what that's saying? It means we're watching the best era of basketball of all time, people. Maybe? All all-heads got all to give it up. This is the best, most talented era of basketball. I got seven-footers crossing up guards out there. Your NBA could never. That's what that means to me.
2: <laughs> Number two. Number of home losses for the top five East in the East. Number of home losses for the top five teams in the East this season. They are 43 and two overall, and that's Toronto, Milwaukee, Miami, Boston, and Philly. It shows how important seating's is going to be for the playoffs. Yeah.
0: yeah, all the games now will come into play, and that also shows me as a Sixers fan they're 10 and 0 at home.
1: Best home team in the league right now. But
0: but it, it's almost I mean it's not a negative per se, but like it shows me that maybe they have a little bit of a weak or wrong mindset going into. Away places where you're five and six on the road this year, like I, I don't know, it and just some proves of these places to me that.
1: haven't been a tough. Like Phoenix is not a, not a tough place. No,
0: they've lost some bad games the, this year. It's but been tough
1: on the road. Bring it down to number
0: one. The number of players to score fifty points while shooting less than thirty percent from the field. Our guy, <laughs> Mr. James Harden.
1: <laughs> He's close to getting NMSG. He's close to it. He's close to it.
0: See, the thing is, is that when you build a team around him and he doesn't have to fit in like this year he has to kind of play nice with russell westbrook but like it's all well and good when he was by himself and he could just do whatever the hell he wanted to because that was what the system was built for that's what everyone around him ever they're all cool with it now you got to get russell westbrook his touches you know russ wants to shoot 30 percent as well so uh you got to get
2: him the ball right i don't like harden slander <laughs> it's, a, it's a it's it's very hardened stat harden gets disrespected way too much that's all I got to say. <laughs>
1: I, will, I will say this. My heart and slander is a little bit satirical. Like, I, I recognize that he's one of the greatest NBA talents that we've seen. I'm not going to sit here and watch him put up historic numbers and try to deflate it or diminish it just because, like, I personally don't like the brand of basketball that he plays. He's
2: the second best guard of the decade. It's undisputed he's the second best guard of the decade behind Curry.
1: Behind, behind Curry?
2: That's it. This
1: oh, decade. of the decade. The 2010s. 20, 2010, 2010s yeah. on. I'm, I'm like, 2000s. <laughs> right. <laughs> But I, I might have to agree with that. But we're almost out of time. But we can get the shots up at the buzzer. Jake, do you have anything to say at the buzzer?
0: Um, the only thing I have to say is I've been watching The Mandalorian. Um, on you Dis- have been, on You've been Disney Plus, yeah, my my girlfriend has disney plus it, it and like with the baby yoda i was like ah it's ridiculous but like nah, think it's cute as hell in the show and it's a really good show I, honestly i'm like three or four i think three episodes in so far um and if you're a star wars fan you'll absolutely love it i've always been a huge Is star wars disney fan Disney
1: plus worth
0: it yeah oh actually it's be, it's a they have a bundle where it's like 14 bucks for espn plus disney plus and, and hulu, hulu right? like you can't beat that deal dude I have
1: Hulu though
0: Like compared to Netflix How much is Netflix a month? Like 12, 13 Something like that
1: (laughs) That's who (laughs) pays for my Netflix They're listening Netflix
0: (laughs) But yeah I mean Like compared to Netflix Like it blows it out of the water In my opinion Even
1: though Netflix did pick up Nickelodeon Nickelodeon, Which the Nick at Night shows I better get George Lopez I better get Fresh Prince I better get all the above The Nick at Night shows Mag, anything to say in the buzzer
2: Today is the 50th anniversary of the assassination of Fred Hampton, an incredible Mm -hmm. uh, Black Panther leader in Chicago. He was 21 years old, gunned down by the government, uh, next to his pregnant wife in his bed, Jesus, and an incredible movement leader, and the struggle, the fight for progress continues even through his death, and we should praise him as... A martyr for the cause.
1: Power, Stat Matt. Power just now. I don't even want to make a joke out of what you just said because I was really powerful, but you might have just earned an invitation. to the Also,
2: cutout. the great Jay-Z, I forget what song it's from, it said, Real it's- Blanks Die... Uh, and then so on watch the, yeah, exactly. watch the thread. Oh, yeah. no,
0: he, no, he, you talk about I arrived it? on the day Fred Hampton died, I think, is what is a yeah. lyric of Jay Z's on watch the watch thread. The
1: throne. I, have to, I have to run it back, but yeah, you might have to step up your game because I might have just given Statman your invitation to the cookout. So that's the last time you get the mic, man. You see what you do when we let you on here. <laughs> oh, dude, I'm drunk with power right now. The <laughs> only thing that I have to say at the buzzer, I'm gonna ask y'all too, y'all started Christmas shopping yet?
0: No, um, like- I am horrendous with Christmas shopping. I'm I'll so do bad. it two days before.
1: <laughs> uh, I'm the guy on December 23rd running around the mall trying to find anything and yep. everything. The only person I'm good with Christmas shopping for is my mom. And that's because I have a, I don't want to say it's on there, I have a strategic oh, way. I've been there it, for the strategy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's golden though. <laughs> it's golden and she loves it. So, but I will say this, the older we get, the less funny it is to Christmas shop on December 23rd. Like, when I was 17, it was cool because I'm only going to spend, like, $50 total anyway, so I'm just going to grab the first thing off the shelf. Now that I have a job, I have some money, and I, have like, actually get Christmas presents, like, this, this shit gets stressful the closer you get to It is not you fun. You have to
0: beat someone down for yeah, a Barbie doll or like, some shit. It, yeah. it is
1: crazy. So, like, I'm going to put this in the category of do as I say and not as I do for all listeners out there. Start Christmas shopping early. You get better deals. You don't have to fight anybody, and you have a better, clear state of mind to buy gifts. So I'm not going to. You can catch me at the KMP Mall on (laughs) December 23rd, running around with my head cut off trying to do it. But that's all the time we have for this episode today. It was a great one. Big ups to Greg Barron, Kyle Sobieski, and I guess not Stat Matt behind the camera. I always mess up when you're on air. (laughs) But Stat Matt always doing his thing. Uh, For my partner, Joel Schmitz, who's not here so I'll, I'll say it for it's been real, it's been fun, it's been real fun. <laughs> to my main man's Jake Galley, I am James Jackson, and these have been the facts.
0: Straight up.